You are tired of average. You want more out of life. You know you're capable of something greater. This show will help you become resilient in your home, at work, and in your community. Welcome to the Resilient Humans Podcast with your host, Kevin Wood. All right. Welcome back to the Resilient Humans Podcast. And I have a special guest today. It's Catherine Spear. She's the owner and director of the Thermography Clinic. I hope I said that. Thermography Clinic NB. And she's very passionate about inspiring others to take proactive action on their health and well-being. And I believe just recently you were a keynote speaker at the Wellness Expo here in Moncton. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. And how did that go for you? What was that? Uh, what was that like for you? Oh, it was fantastic because any chance that I have to be able to spend an hour with people to me is a blessing in disguise. And uh, so being able to get there and just share with them, you know, some inspiring and or inspiration to be able to help them to take control of their health um, is certainly worth every minute. So it was wonderful. So that's kind of a we we've chatted before this and and I guess that's kind of your big thing is you you mentioned that people have forgotten just how powerful they are why do you think that and how is that possible why do I think that that's a loaded question kevin yeah. <laughs> I just, I think that in today's society, we've gotten away from understanding just how powerful we really are. And I've had some life experiences as well, too, that have shown me, um, you know, just how powerful our mind absolutely can be. Clearly, I also follow some additional doctors that, you know, I work with and people that I've been introduced to, like Dr. Joe Dispenza, who has proven, you know, how much powerful the brain really is. So I think, so back to your question, you know, I think that in today's world, we've gotten so busy and we've gotten to the point where it's just go, go, go. We don't take time to step back and really check in with ourselves from an emotional component, even with our own bodies and understanding one, how are we feeling emotionally, but also what is our body telling us? You know, your body is very intelligent. And for anybody who doesn't think that, you know, please contact me because, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you don't ask your eyes to open. You don't ask your heart to pump. You don't ask your bladder to do its work. You know, you go about your day without even thinking about all the intricate details of what's going on in your body. So I think today's a society, we've gotten to the point and I'll be, you know, frank, I think we've gotten lazy when it comes to taking care of our own health. And, you know, unfortunately, we've also become to the point where we're looking for instant gratification. So we want fast and easy. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, fast and easy isn't always the answer either. So, you know, if your body's in pain, pay attention to it. Why is it in pain versus masking uh, the, the symptom by, you know, giving it a pill, right? Because that ends up leading to other diseases and other dysfunction in the body. How, how can you do that? What's your practical advice for somebody on how to check in? Because that's easy to say, do I just sit there and close my eyes and feel all the feelings or what is what does that feel like or look like to somebody? Yeah. You know, I've gone through a lot in my own life as well too, Kevin, and there's so many different modalities that are out there to help people to check in. And, you know, I know a lot of people talk about meditation and I see people all the time they roll their eyes and like, oh my God, I can't sit there and shut down the monkey mind. I get that, right? I always call it the monkey mind because the more bananas you give it, the more it swings in and it, you know, takes up space. But, you know, meditation is not just sitting and having no thoughts. Meditation is just sitting 
quietly, right? Without the TV going, without, you know, the cell phone going, I always tell people you are not born here to live in a box, right? And what I mean by that is, unfortunately, we're at a, a stage in our life where we wake up in the morning in our home, which is a box. And the first thing we do is we grab our cell phone, which is another box, right? We look at that, we get up, we get ready, we eat our breakfast most times now out of a box while we're still looking at that box and we get in our car, which is a box. We drive to our office and sit in a box all day and then come home and probably eat dinner out of a box. And then we sit in front of a box and watch TV, right? So I always say, you're not, you weren't put here on this earth this lifetime to live in a box. So if you can slow down the mind enough, whether that's a walk in the woods, because being in the woods is very grounding, uh, you're getting, you know, fresh air, your body is moving, which you're moving your lymphatic system, which is so critically important to your overall health. Um, you know, your brain is getting some serotonin and dopamine there, which is really incredible. And it allows you to just slow down long enough that you can start to pay attention to things that are happening in the body. And it's a process, right? It's not a magical pill where you can just go for a walk one day and go, oh, this is, you know, everything that's happening in my body, but it's a process um, and it's a consistency process, right? So the more you do it, the more you can tune in with your body and understand what's happening. For sure. Just like any habit, it takes practice. Like you said, it's kind of a skill, right? And if you don't hone in on that or really just set aside, set aside time for that, then it's just that one off. I made a post recently about that. I said, if you exercise for nine hours straight, you're not going to do much exercise or anything after that. But if you exercise every day for 20 minutes mm -hmm. and you do that for 30 days, that equals the nine hours and you're going to see benefits. So right. it's that consistency, not the intensity. That's the important component to that. Absolutely. Right Absolutely. Why do you, so a little follow-up to the first thing you mentioned, you said that we're becoming more of a lazy society. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? And what can we do to combat that? Hmm. Another loaded question. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This could be a whole episode. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, you know, I think again, because our society has, has really taught us, you know, quick and easy, but I also believe fully there's two main things, Kevin, I believe, and that is our food source and food choices, number one, but also number two, because everything is so easily accessible for people, people aren't exercising. Right. And I think that those two things play hand in hand together that we become very lazy. Everything is at the, is at the click of a button for us now right? Um, in their food sources, there's, you know, I was just doing a study here not recently. I was looking at a study that showed that our, you know, society is becoming more and more iodine deficient than it ever has been. And it's not, you know, just eating table salt. It's becoming iodine deficient because there's more bromine being put into our food, right? So fast food, foods that come in a box, right? Snacks, all of those things are being, you know, used with so much bromine now and bromine just kills that iodine, right? So I think food choices is a, is a very big thing. Um, and then also exercise people don't realize, and I shared this with you, my own personal story on the exercise is that, you know, someone had explained to me years ago, the details behind the exercise and what it actually does for your body. I probably would have started exercising a lot earlier. Now we all know exercise is important for you. We get that. But what I didn't know back then is that how it impacts the lymphatic system, 
and how the lymphatic system moves those toxins around in the body. And if you're not engaging your lymphatic system, those toxins are sitting. And when they sit, they cause disease. And so for me, understanding how that lymphatic system works, but again, also piling on our food source on top of that, as you can imagine, the two are explosive together because you're eating dead food, you're feeding your living body dead food, <laughs> and you're not moving. So those toxins are just continuously building up in the body. I mean, is, that, that, is that why you think that we are seeing more chronic diseases today than ever before? Oh my gosh, Kevin, that is another loaded question for sure. <laughs> there's there's so many attributes to it, right? But again, you know, when I look at the numbers that, you know, I was talking to you about your podcast on July 25th, right? When you look at the numbers for New Brunswick alone being 60% obese and 70% or 71%, I think it was, of all of New Brunswickers have one chronic disease, right? That is alarming in itself. And so obesity, again, comes from, you know, lack of exercise, lack of the right food choices. Yes, there are things genetically that happen as well, too. So I don't want to take that away from people because that's a real thing. But again, when you look at the food source that we have, and then the lack of um, exercise, absolutely, that contributes to obesity. It absolutely does. For sure. Um, but again, if you're not moving those toxins around in the body to help that lymphatic system, you know, move those toxins and heal those toxins that creates disease in the body because disease is dysfunction. And, you know, for people listening, your, your blood vessels have a pump. It pumps the blood for you without your interaction. Your lymphatic system does not have built-in pumps. It requires muscle engagement to move. And I talk a lot about this to women too, in breast health, because that is so important to breast health, because again, the body is always trying to protect itself. So additional toxins will also get sent to breast tissues because it's on the outside of the body and it's not, you know, it's not a critical organ, right? Not considered essential. Nope. Unfortunately yeah. not. Yeah. It is to us, but yes. oh, absolutely, yeah. not to the body. <laughs> All of my body parts are essential, but according That's to right. biology, they're technically not. So That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's funny. Even the smallest things we were, I was talking about this with my daughter. I was like, if you want to watch a movie, what do you do? You just hit the remote and Netflix or iTunes. It's, it's all just there. It was like, we used to have to go to a store and we would have to walk in and walk around and it might be there and it might not be. You never knew just like those little activities are just gone from our, our day-to-day -day stuff that we used to do. So, um, it's, it's crazy to see how much of an impact that lack of movement is having on our society as a whole. Yeah. And I see it like, I, I think I don't see it enough, which is the crazy part because a lot of people that come into our gym already have a lot, not all, but a yeah. lot of them already have a baseline of fitness or they've done things in the past and they just want to switch things up. There's a whole cohort of people out there that have never stepped foot in gym before. Yeah. And their activity is next to nothing. It's they wake up and it's all you described. It's just box living. Yeah. Right. Yes. And that's, that's more dangerous than any exercise program you'll ever sign up for. It absolutely is. But I also too believe Kevin, that it's um, people have lost their essence, right? People have lost. And what I mean by that is we're all, you know, whether, whatever you believe in, you're a spiritual being here and 
oftentimes people get so um, down and out, right? They're so um, upset with themselves, right? Because one, maybe they've let themselves go. We've all we've all been there. We've all fallen off the you know the truck at some point. Um, you know, maybe not looked after our health as best, or maybe it was a really busy summer. And, you know, by the time the fall comes, you see it. But I also find in my clinic, you know, I have people that come and it breaks my heart because they just feel so defeated that they don't even know where to start. Right. And that's okay because at least you're feeling something, but don't stay there right. Just don't stay there. Reach out to somebody. And like Dr. Joe Dispenza says, if, in today's society, you can't find the help you're looking for. It's because you're not looking because it's all right there at our fingertips, right? Damn right. Yeah. But, but I also feel for these people because, you know, I've seen people with mental health issues. I've seen people, you know, my own dad who had, you know, severe depression. I understand all those aspects. But also I understand is that if you make small changes consistently, they have huge impacts. And food and exercise are the two big ones that can really catapult people forward. And when I said about losing their essence, that's what I mean, that the power of the human spirit, Kevin, is astounding. And far too often we give our power away to the TV or to, you know, playing online games or, you know, or Googling or what have you, because our power rests inside of us. And it is for us to decide what is important, right? But you have the power to change any attribute of your health and well-being. And I'm going to use an, a client of mine. She is 91 years old. She is astounding. At 54 years old, she was so sick and she was taking handfuls and handfuls of pills. And like she said, it started off with one thing and then, you know, then got another pill added and another three and then another four. And it just kept going. 54 years old, she laid on her couch one day and she said, I was so frustrated because she said, I just wanted to die and I couldn't even do that right. So she made a decision that day that she was here. And she didn't want to live this way. And this is not how she anticipated her 50s. So she said, I started just by one day and adding one day and another day. She is now 91 years old, Kevin. She rebounds for 30 minutes a day. She does a 10K walk a day. She eats very healthy. She takes zero medications. And, you know, last summer she went rock climbing. You know, it didn't, so it didn't start that way. That's the thing, right? It didn't. This woman was very, very sick, right? She was very sick. She was on all kinds of medications. You know, her body was not responding well, but she had to make that decision. And she said, I got so fed up with where I was that I had to make a decision. And her first, her first thing she did is she signed up for Weight Watchers. But then she said, what happened is that because she made that decision and she said, I was scared and I was embarrassed because I, you know, gained a lot of weight and I knew I wasn't eating healthy. And she's like, I would grab a package of hot dogs, you know, versus a salad. But it was that one decision. And then she said, I then started to surround myself with all these incredible people that were on the same journey I was, but I thought I was alone. Right. That's the key. People think they're alone going through this and they're not. There's communities out there for literally everyone. Absolutely. There is. And there's people doing incredible things, Kevin, right? You hear these stories of the human spirit and the strength of the human spirit all the time. And I think for us, it's, um, 
it's important that we talk about that to inspire people to know they're not alone and it's okay that you are at X, but let's get you to Y. For sure. That, that woman that you just described, it could have gone one of two ways and, and maybe you'll agree with me or not at that moment when she made that decision, she could have used that time as a moment to use that as an excuse to not do something, but instead she used it as a reason to do something. And that's the main difference. There's literally two paths you can take at that decision point. Am I going to use, I'm sick. There's nothing I can do. I'm alone. That's my excuse. And that's the road I'm going to take. And it's not a very pleasant road to to go down. The reason road though, it's still uncomfortable. It's still not pleasant. You have to make changes and change is uncomfortable, but the end of that road is much brighter than the end of the other one. Would you agree? Absolutely. 100% Kevin. Absolutely. And I talk about that to some clients too, like when they come in for scans and we're looking at them and, you know, kind of helping them with next steps to get them healthier. But at the end of the day, you hit, you hit the nail on the head. There's two roads. And I always call it one road is filled with joy and ease while you're learning and experiencing and looking after your health, whether it's through naturopathic or, you know, it's, it's communities of people that, you know, are helping you to learn how to exercise or whatever it is. That's all done with joy and ease because you're meeting people. And yes, to your point, you still, it's still uncomfortable to start, right? It's still all those things, but boy, you're having fun. You're meeting people and you're being proud of you, which is really important. Or you have the other road, which is disease management and disease management. You talk to anybody who's suffering with a disease today, and they're going to tell you their days are filled with fear and anxiety, guilt, shame, doctor's appointments, blood work, x-rays, you name it. That is not being done with joy and ease. The hard part is that that road is often filled with those easy buttons along the way, like fast and easy food and fast and easy choices where I don't have to get out and move. So those things create more pain in the long run, whereas some of the harder decisions to go down that reason road create much more, like you said, joy and and enlightenment and ease down the road, which is where I think most of us would want that. Yeah, absolutely. But I also understand too, and I I have feedback from people all the time, Kevin. And again, I don't want to discount what people are going through, but I want people to understand that they've got so much more power and control over their health than what they're led to believe. And when I see, you know, some of my clients that say to me, well, Catherine, I can't exercise because I've got problems with my hips or my legs ache or whatever. And I tell them, you know why you're aching? It's because your lymphatic system's not moving and your muscles aren't being used. You have muscle atrophy and your joints are hurting because they're not being used. And so, you know, they're afraid to even start. So I always tell them, look, start somewhere, get a rebounder, sit on it. If you can't stand on it, right? Don't let yourself turn on Netflix unless you're sitting on your rebounder and just lightly bouncing. At least you're getting the cells and the muscles in the upper part of your body moving and your lymphatics, right? But I know myself, Kevin, even years back, being in the corporate world when I was there, there were weeks that would go by. I would be traveling from country to country and never have time to, you know, to get in and exercise. Well, I'm going to tell you, by the time I get off that plane, my back was hurting. My legs were stiff and aching. Like I felt miserable, but you know, get a couple days of exercise back in there again, I would feel good. The kinks would come out. Right. So I always tell people you're, you're in pain because you're not moving your body as well. Motion is lotion. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. That's good. <laughs> and we did a, one of the very first podcasts we did, we talked about this always something, never nothing. There's yeah. always something you can do. No matter, like it yeah. doesn't matter. There's, there's literally always something you can do. And we see that with people that come into the gym. Oh, I could never do that. Not today, but there is something you can do that will lead us or get us closer to that thing that you want to want to do eventually. Absolutely. Always something, never nothing. Yep. Let's, I want to go back a, a little bit. What, what got you so passionate about the profession that you're in that, that you want to help others and, and, and see this change in people? So at a very young age, I always, first of all, I've always loved people, fascinated with people. But second of all, um, I've always wanted to help people. So my mom would say, it didn't matter who, who it was. I was always there, you know, wanting to, to help, but I was very interested in the human body and how the body worked, right? And health in general, naturopathic, you know, plant medicine, all that good stuff. But what really did it for me, Kevin, and that's, you know, fast forward, I spent 19 years in the corporate business world and it was wonderful. I raised two kids on my own. Um, it was great, but I always knew there was something else that I was meant to do. And, but what happened is, was my own health scare that really catapulted me a hundred ten percent into what I'm really passionate about. So, you know, back four years ago, I had a breast health scare. I hadn't been feeling well. And, uh, but of course we always chalk it up to, again, that's why I can understand where people are coming from. You know, I was really busy. I was traveling. I was opening up, you know, businesses all across the world and, uh, my lost my dad, um, which he was also another big reason for this because I watched him for 30 years decline, you know, because of the, you know, the medications and things that he was on. And then I had my own breast health scare. And when I had that, I hadn't been feeling well, like I said, so you're always chalking it up to being busy, you know, a little bit of extra stress in your life, et cetera. Um, and then I woke up one morning with my left breast on fire, but it was different. It was really different. And it was so different that it scared me. So I came home, I had all of the test work done, a mammogram, ultrasound, blood work. I was told everything was fine. It was all within range of my blood work and, you know, the structural testing was fine. Well, I knew it wasn't. So, and I'm a researcher and I'm not somebody who, you know, takes no for an answer very easily, especially if I know there's another way. So I researched, I found thermography. So I had thermography done and I, in my scans, it showed that my breast health was not okay. And it also showed that my thyroid was very cold, which means you're tracking towards hypothyroidism. Right. So when I met with my family doctor, it was a very eye-opening experience for me, Kevin. It was one that touched my soul so deeply because in that moment I learned and really truly understood that your doctors are trained in disease management and emergency healthcare. They're not prevention. They're not taught prevention. So when we had the conversation about why my blood work showed that my thyroid was fine, but yet it was showing up cold on the thermography scan, this is where she shared with me is she said, Catherine, you're not in disease stage yet. Mm -hmm. I can't help you until it's in disease stage. Well, by the time you're in disease stage with your thyroid, it's never going to, you know, you can't ever bring it back because 90% of it's dead. And then my breast health was not okay. But then I also learned that, you know, mammogram ultrasound looks at the structural aspect of what's going on in the body, right? Whether there's a lump or calcifications or what have you thermography looks at how is it functioning so you have to have dysfunction and inflammation before disease sets in 
So for me, this was a huge eye opener. And in that moment, Kevin, it it charted the course of my future to the point where I left my corporate job. I took everything I had left in retirement in my savings. And this is what I did as I opened up thermography because I became so passionate because in that moment, talking to my doctor, really, truly understanding you can't help somebody unless they're in disease stage. And that to me is not okay. We have to have earlier warning systems in place. If you want to do prevention of disease, early warning signs and thermography has been used for a very long time. 1976 at McGill university is when it was, you know, first developed. And then over the years, Europe has taken off with it. So they've been using it widely for about 35 years and 25 years in the U S and bigger, you know, cities of Canada, but it was never here. And for me, this was my, it's my mission now to make sure that I get this into people's hands, because if you know and can see where, there's inflammation and dysfunction, then you can course correct that. Yeah, and do something about it. Yeah. Do some, yeah. To your point, do something about it. And to some people, Kevin, most of us, the human spirit is really interesting because most of us won't do anything until our backs are against the wall. Then we, we take reach, reach that breaking point. We do. Unfortunately, that's, you know, most of the human, human race. And I'll, I'll tell you kind of what some of my clients say to me, right? Is that when they see their scans and they see where the inflammation is, it makes them take action. Even though they know that they're, they've got pain, they're not feeling well as well. But when they see it, they can't unsee it. So it's in their face and it's there and it's showing them the body is not functioning at 100% or, you know, even maybe at 80%. So they have a choice to your point, do something to course correct that before it leads to something else, which is, you know, disease stage. We know we've, there's tons of social psychologies, uh, studies that have shown this, that awareness equals behavior change mm -hmm. and traffic coordinators have figured this out. Those flashing, if you drive too fast and it starts flashing, it tells you your speed that brings more awareness and it will create behavior change to slow you down. If it didn't work, they wouldn't have them because they're a lot more expensive than just putting up a, a regular speed limit sign. Mm -hmm. And we see that at the gym too. As soon as people see their results on their in-body scan, they're like, Ooh, I got to do something about that. Okay. Now let's talk about action items. And these are the things or the steps that you can take in order to see a difference or a change the next time. So, yeah. And back to your point about kind of advocating for yourself Absolutely. And I've gone through similar experiences with my doctor. I went and I wanted a full blood panel, like mm -hmm. top to bottom, give me everything. And her first question was why? Yeah. What? <laughs> why? <laughs> because I want a baseline. I want to know where I am now. And then I'm going to do this again in five years time and yeah. see if there's a difference. And when there is, I'll know what I need to change in order to prevent disease from happening, dysfunction from happening down the road. But man, if, if I wouldn't have pushed for that, she's like, you can't do this every year. You know, I'm like, why? Like, why not? Right. She's like money. It's just, it just costs money to do all these things. How much is my life worth? Yeah. Right. Is it worth $80 to get that extra couple pieces of blood work taken? Mm -hmm. Probably. Right. Absolutely. Hands down, Kevin. And you hit on a topic again, that is very, you know, um, 
I'm very passionate about, and that's advocating for yourself. You absolutely have to. 100%. It is your health. It is your body. Don't take a back seat to that. And if someone says no, well, ask why and why not and ask again. And if you still don't get an answer, then go get the test done. I mean, I've just been refused <laughs> a test for, you know, testosterone because I know my hormone levels are all messed up. And, and I know from my Dutch test, my testosterone levels are very, very low. And so now I'm going to my naturopathic doctor and I'm paying out of pocket for it, but that's okay. I'm okay yeah. with it. But I'm going to find out what's going on because my health is important, right? So, yeah. If so, you get a no from someone, you go to somebody else. There's always right. somebody, you got to find somebody that will say yes. There's always a way is my motto. There's always a way. <laughs> for sure. You, you mentioned before that you have this uh, lemon exercise. Could you describe that to us? Absolutely. Um, I wish people could, you know, I wish I could take them through it because it will blow them away, but there's this lemon exercise that you can do. And I'm happy to provide it, Kevin, to your viewers, if you want, if they want to, you know, uh, play around with this, sure but basically you have some of your, close your eyes, you have somebody walk you through walking into your kitchen, you know, what your kitchen looks like, all the little details to really get your mind to settle down. It's that meditative state, right. To really settle down and you take them through this massive process with this lemon. And then at the end, you're asking them to bite into the lemon. And here's what happens, okay? It's it's astounding every time you do it. What happens is because you're thinking, you're taking your mind and you're telling your brain that you're doing something, but you're not really, you're just thinking about it. But then that triggers an autonomic, your autonomic nervous system to create the real result. Because every single person in every room I've done this in will have a mouthful of saliva or they make a wincing face and their eyes are closed, but they've triggered their body by using their brain to do something physical. My mouth is what I already, I was <laughs> going to say it. I, I was biting my tongue. I was like, my mouth, you already said it. You said you're walking into your kitchen and you're going through this lemon. I was like, my mouth is watering already. Why? Yeah. <laughs> you just described it. That's but crazy. that's the power of the mind, yeah. right? So, I mean, the mind is 200 million years old. It was designed to protect you from the saber-toothed tigers, right? It, that's what it was designed for, for protection. It wasn't designed to make you happy. It wasn't designed to do all those other things. But you know what? You have to tell the mind what it is you want, right? Through visualization. So when people say to me, well, you know, people talk about this all the time, this, you know, buzzword of manifestation or visualization. I don't get it. I take them through the lemon exercise because that is something that's tangible and real. You are telling your brain, your brain has no idea, but it triggers your autonomic nervous system to act. Interesting. There's a quote that goes with that. Whatever you believe you can achieve. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You can. So if you believe that you can heal and you believe that you can be a much better person in five years from now, if you believe all those little steps along the way and you celebrate your success, because by the way, when you start to make one decision, you're going to be so proud of yourself, which then changes the energy yeah. vibration in your body. It's crazy. I, I'm working with a, a lady right now and the celebration that she told me just recently was that she could put her socks on standing up. Holy crap. Like to her, that was the biggest thing. Like before she'd have to sit down on a chair and lift her leg up and then slide her socks on. She's like, I just did it standing up. And then when I was done, I was like, Oh my God, I just did that. That's awesome. And so that's, 
that's the one little snowball that's going to turn into like, well, okay, what's, what's the next thing that we're going to celebrate? Cause it's going to be a lot bigger than that. And it's going to keep getting bigger and bigger. And soon she's going to be walking 18 kilometers without getting out of breath. Like <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. That gives me goosebumps, Kevin. I love to hear those stories because that is the human spirit in action. I love it. And that's what your message is all about. Absolutely. It is. Catherine, this is, we need, we need to do a part two. I think, <laughs> I think we're only scratching the surface here. Um, so if you agree to it, I'd love to have Absolutely. you back on this. This, this has been very insightful. I always finish off, um, all of my podcast guests with one question mm-hmm. and it's what one piece of practical advice can you give our listeners to become a more resilient human? Oh, just one. Hey, yeah, if you have a couple, sure, but we'll, we'll stick to, <laughs> we'll stick to one. I, you know what I have to say, because I know, I know the benefits of exercise, Kevin. And when people say to me, so one piece to become a resilient human being, get your body moving because your body is super, super, super strong. And so is your mind when there's movement. So when you say to yourself, I, but I'm so too busy, I can't, I don't have time to exercise. If you have time to turn on your TV, you go get yourself a set of weights or you get yourself a rebounder and do not allow yourself to watch that TV or turn it on unless you're on that rebounder or you've got a set of weights or a skipping rope or something because you always have time. If you can brush your teeth in the morning, you can do two squats, get your body moving. <laughs> Absolutely. There's literally always, always something that can be done. And I, I, I want to make sure that people recognize that exercise doesn't mean buying a gym membership and and walking through the door. It is movement. It's movement. We want people to move. And that might mean parking a little bit further away from the store or your office before you go in. It might mean taking the stairs instead of the elevator. That's the extra movement I think that we're talking about that. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. It is absolutely for sure. Because your body, you're going to feel your body, feel your mind and your spirit will also get filled up and fueled. And your spirit is what is missing from you being in tune with yourself. So reignite that spirit, (laughs) reignite the passion that you have inside of you, because every single person is here on this earth and they have a story and they have a mission. Every single person does. Absolutely. We're all resilient already. We just need an opportunity to, to let it, you know, catch fire a bit, right? Absolutely. Catherine, it's been an amazing uh, chat with you. Thank you for coming on. And I hope we can do this again. I'm going to share all your links in the show notes. If people want to get in contact with you or if they want to get a scan done, um, we'll, we'll share those links and that'd be great. Thanks so much, Kevin. Thanks to all your listeners as well, too. Really appreciate it. Right on. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest episodes, be sure to subscribe and I'll see you next time.